On today's show, I'm going to be talking with Gray Delisle and Eddie Clendening from the Roughhousers. Hope I pronounced Eddie's last name right. Nailed it. <laughs> and they've got two new songs out with videos. I always love a double feature. Uh, the first one's called Princess Mike. The second one is Azuker. They are basically um, have something really cool. They want to do something for kids and their really cool parents. And with this new music, um, I'm hoping they'll make a dent in this industry that seems to be dominated by Baby Shark Dance on YouTube. Uh, hopefully, they're going to bring a little rockabilly twist to that. So welcome to the show, guys. Thanks so much. How are you doing? I'm good, Thanks but why, why does that darn baby shark dance get all the attention uh. <laughs> kids you know kids like repetitive things I, I suppose bright colors and uh you know but uh, i have to just... say i fall victim to it too because i was i was in a movie that had that in it shoot what was it oh it was the it was the um the you know the pigs and the the pigs and you shoot like cannons at it angry birds oh, angry i was birds. in that angry, angry birds movie and there was an anger there was a baby shark portion of that and i had never heard the song before and i tell you i drove home the whole night going it's just it's yeah it planted the seed well before we get into the particulars i want to blow your horns a little bit you know, before doing this, and even, you know, still to this day, you guys have multiple projects. You're Renaissance people. I know, Eddie, uh, you also play with a band, the Blue Ribbon Boys. Yes, you do stage work, playing Elvis, and now Johnny Cash. You, you've got Rockabilly in your blood. Uh, Gray, you've created this little empire doing voice work for, you know, animation. Rumor has it you play Daphne and Scooby-Doo. Oh my goodness. You do comedy and you did an award-winning short film called Parent Like No One Is Watching. Yeah. So it just seems like everything you've been doing up to this point in your life, you are destined to create alt-country children's music. <laughs> yes. I've been playing the auto harp since I was a kid too. And um, so everybody always like I get a lot of June Carter uh you know, uh, correlations because, you know, I, she was a comedian too and, and played the auto harp. So, um, I, I, I didn't even realize that Eddie was playing Johnny Cash this time around. So I feel like, uh, I thought he was back at Elvis, but I forgot he wasn't playing Elvis again. He's playing Johnny Cash this time. So everything has come full circle for us, I guess. I'm, get, I'm getting well, old. The, the hips don't shake like they used to. So Johnny, at least I can stand still. <laughs> What what's that great song that Johnny and June did together? Jackson. Yeah. Jackson. Jackson. Yeah. yeah. Do you guys do that in your uh, your set? <laughs> we got to work it up. <laughs> yeah, we we've we've shied away from cover material uh, a little bit. We did we have been working on some solo stuff for Gray, and uh, well, we did a Dolly and Porter duet, mm -hmm. but that's about the only cover that we've really messed with. Well, if the band writing. ever breaks up, Gray, you can sing I Will Always Love You to Eddie. <laughs> we'll see if I ever do love him first. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, tell me, um, you know, you guys are in power spots. Eddie's in Las Vegas. Gray, you're in Los Angeles. So you're where the action is. And, and it seems like you know, you guys are very resourceful. A lot of people complain, oh, there's no work or, oh, the industry's crazy. 
which it is. The, the music industry is just crazy nowadays. But in spite of that, you guys are still being innovative. You know, you're creating your own projects. I mean, are you both real self-starters? Right. Yeah, I am. I, I started a record label when I was 22 to in order to put out my my own little record that I made with my boyfriend at the time. <laughs> it was a blues guitar player. He he actually is still making records. His name's Jake Labotz, but um he's he's great. You should check him out if you haven't heard his music. But anyway, um yeah, so I, I wanted to I wrote all these songs and he was like and he had never heard them. We never got around to that. And then one day I was like, you know, I write songs too. And he was like, Oh, lay some on me. So uh, then he, he figured him out in the living room and he was like well go let's go record these right now so we went into the studio like the next day and we made an entire record in like one day and then i was like well how am i gonna oh, wow. put this out so i thought i'll just start a record label and he was like you can't really do that and i was like yeah i can i can just make up a name and just put it on the record <laughs> which is kind of what i did i started like a little dba like mini corporation too just by filing some paperwork but mostly it was just a logo on my cd and a lot of people like wrote me after that going hey can you put my music out i i'm trying to get a record deal and i was like oh i'm not really a real record label i just wanted to put my own record out so i put this logo on my record anyway so i've always sort of been independent in the fact that i just want to get a lot of stuff done and i just think well why can't you just, just do this and it's it's often unorthodox but it's sort of what happened with with us like we you know eddie was like hey this is a great idea you should because i was homeschooling my kids and just making up songs and i hadn't put out a record in like 15 years because since i started having kids i just kind of put that on the back burner and um but eddie i was making up all these funny kids songs and for my kids like kind of homeschooling them and he's like we got to do this he's like the wiggles were a rockabilly band at first i feel That's like right. we could really take off the wiggles oh my yes. goodness i i bet you're i bet you're well, I bet your kids love that. I mean, homeschooling to have your full attention and then to get a lounge act on the side. <laughs> well, it was only because of the pandemic. I'm definitely not qualified to teach anyone anything. My daughter's really sciencey, and I don't know any of the answers to any of the science questions. And I say things like sciencey, so I'm certainly not qualified. <laughs> but, it, you know, it was uh, desperate times, you know, so. <laughs> well, well, Eddie, do you have kids? Uh, not that I'm aware of, no. Okay, um, just the Blue Ribbon Boys, that's the closest. Yeah, raising raising a band can be a lot like raising children, I think. Uh, but um, no, I don't want to say that about those guys. They do a good job taking care of themselves. So. Well, well no, here's uh, the thing. No. Well, what did you learn from Gray? Because how, knowing about kids in theory is different than having them in real life. So when you approach yeah. doing songs more geared for kids, I think a lot of times people think you have to dumb everything down for kids, but that's right. not the case. Kids also like a certain sophistication. Yeah. Well, I, like I said, uh, when we were speaking earlier, I mentioned, you know, I've had opportunity in my career to perform for kids and then also talk to kids, uh, you know, performing in schools and then, uh, speaking to to groups of uh, you know theater students and things and i've found that you get a lot more of their attention and a lot more of their respect if you just yeah you just talk to them like they're a person not like they're a child don't infantilize them or dumb things down because that makes them feel like you uh think less of them or or i think they're stupid and they can't actually participate in an adult conversation so i find that you get a much better reception when you uh, deal with children on a on a more adult human level, 
Yeah, he's well, definitely great, Gary, what, the what, most fun person that visits our house. Like, I mean, he comes and stays in this in the spare room when we record and stuff. And my kids always get excited when Uncle Eddie's coming and my my daughter just, in particular. I said that's <laughs> just because I just bring candy. Yeah, that's he brings he brings. I don't really let them eat very much junk food. And um, but I started stocking like things for when Eddie visited. And he was like, I like pop tarts and I like you know juice and all this stuff. So I started putting like you know ruffles you know, sour cream chips in there and stuff. And my daughter discovered them and she wanted some. And I said, oh, we can't have those. That's Those are for Eddie. So then she started leaving him these cryptic messages on my, I started finding these messages for Eddie on my phone, just like, hey, can you bring Pop-Tarts and chips? And like, you know, just, she has an order every time he comes, she puts in her order. That's true. So. S'mores, <laughs> I think we did so, s'mores. Yeah. 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 So you don't want your kids to eat junk food, but you make a song, which is the Spanish word for sugar. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> yeah, I it, it, we had to have a little. Uh, I'm I'm uh, my grandmother is Mexican and she she used to sing with Tito Puente. So I I grew up with a lot of Latin music around the house. So um we had to put a little bit of uh, flavor on that on our record. Sugar with flavor. Tito Puente. Well, well, tell me more. This is exciting. Yeah. Oh no, she was in a, a in a traveling trio, and um, Tito Puente saw her singing at a ba- at, at a big band dance night. Um, and so he just he wanted her to come on tour with him, but she was, you know, her parents were really controlling and and just sort of like wanted her sort of in their little in their bubble. And so she wasn't able to tour with them. But every time he came into town, he always booked her to sing with him. So um, she has she had a few little I have a lot of her acetates at home. I, I'm I'm thinking of doing a cover record of her stuff that she did. That'll be I've got like 19 things I want to do with Eddie. I'm kind of I kind of like wear him out sometimes. I'm like, we have to do a mariachi record. We have to do it. <laughs> I'm always like writing a new what, song or have some new idea. What did we figure out? We 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 sat. Down, I made her sit down and go through. We have 23 songs recorded and not totally finished. She has eight more, or at least the list is the last we spoke. She had eight more written that needed <laughs> to be started. So and then every couple days there's more added to the list. So yeah, it's never ending. I used, to, I used to get mad at him. I was like, you don't listen to this. He's like, he's like, you send me a song every day. I got a job. I can't. He's like, let me know when we're going into the studio with the song, and I will make sure that I'm very up to date on whatever that song is. But yeah, yeah, that's my fun thing I do at night. I put the kids to bed, and then I I don't really watch that much TV or anything unless a good murder documentary is coming out. But other than that, I just sit on my auto harp and try to think up songs. So, well, Eddie, do you also come from a musical dynasty? Uh, oddly enough, not at all. No one in my family plays music uh, or has ever had any desire to be on a stage in front of people. Um, my grandmother, I guess, played a little piano and, uh, you know, was, was very enamored with Hollywood in the 40s and stuff. But uh, and my great grandmother, she played piano for, you know, silent movies and um, at the old opera house there in, uh, in Central City, Colorado. But uh, but as far as you know, my parents and the people I grew up around, no one was musical at all. Um, and I think that actually was maybe what pushed me in that direction was just trying to find my own thing and be different, you know. Well, I want to talk about your love of I'm going to say vintage rock and roll, vintage country, which is basically you know rockabilly, the music, the styles. But but on a side note, I first have to say when I was looking you guys up, the Roughhousers, 
Did you know that there's actually a rockabilly band in Australia called the Roughhousers? <laughs> yeah. We... They're the bane of our existence. Yeah. Oh, dear. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I said I just we just start things and think about them later. Well, we just we were just thinking up cool names. And then and Eddie was the one who came up with that one. And I was like, oh, I love that. That's great. And so, of course, before he could even like blink again, I had already like designed a website, made T-shirts, had a logo, had a thing. <laughs> And then afterward, we were like, oh, no, there's already another Roughhousers. <laughs> Should have plugged that into Google, yeah. Close yeah. But but so all... I think one, one little difference, though, you do Roughhousers as one word, and they have a space between rough and housers. That's right. That's true. And I think we already have more Spotify listeners. I don't think they haven't, I don't think they've done anything in a while. So I'm it's hoping been many that years. they, yeah. yes, I'm hoping that See, well, I looked them up. They're pretty cool. They're like a three-piece rockabilly, but I think they... Do like a local surfy. pubs. Yeah. 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 Like a cover There's... band where you guys are more like performance art and pushing the boundaries between, yeah. you know, children's music and vintage Elvis. <laughs> and and modern themes. Gray is very good about uh, you know, writing songs that are current. Well, like speaking of well, tell me, what was the inspiration for Princess Mike, you know, both the song and the music video? Well, I just thought it was, I was just trying to think of the most fun kind of babysitter someone could have. Well, I was just thinking about things that kids, I was trying to like put myself in the kid's mindset. And I was like, what, what do kids encounter every day? Well, usually they have a caregiver other than their parents, you know, that's, and I thought, well, that'd be so fun. What would be fun about that? And then I was like, oh, somebody who's sparkly, someone who rides a cool bike, someone who, and I, it was funny because I wasn't really thinking of like a non-binary, I didn't really have an LGBTQ plus thing in my head when I was writing it, but it, it happened to just sort of embody this like thing that's just sort of happening right now, the, you know, don't say gay and all this horrible stuff that's happening in the world. So I was really happy that that it ended up being sort of a non-binary anthem. <laughs> it, came, it came out on Trans Awareness Day or yeah. I, I can't remember exactly what day it was, but um, but anyway, it was some some very important LGBTQIA holiday that it actually came out. So it all sort of happened sort of um, serendipitously. When the, the hidden point, I guess, that I like of, of it is that a child None of those things are strange to a child, you know, for a man yeah. to, to do or, or to be. And because children don't look at people through those lenses, those are all things that they're taught. So all of all of the uh, you know issues that have been brought up in regards to that have all been because they've been passed through an adult's filter, you know. Mm -hmm. Well, kids, kids have a certain carefreeness and I think Absolutely. the part I liked in the video is when you're on the bike together. That that just to me, childhood is the carefree riding your bike and just having silly fun with your friends. Exactly. Yes, yes. And at one point my daughter, who was five, said, Is Princess Mike a boy or a girl? And I said, He's both. And she and she was like, Oh, okay. <laughs> she just I said, I said, he's both and neither. And she was like, Okay. That that was like all she needed to know about it. It's just like, okay. She just I wish everybody was like that. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Well, the, the other thing too is, you know, we like to, you know, give up so much as kids. Oh, you know, you're an adult now, you can't, you know, dress up except for Halloween or you know, have fun. But that's what I like about Rockabilly. It's not a costume. You know, it it's a way of life, but 
you know, at the same time, when you've got that love of especially that 1950s ideal of early rock and roll and, you know, those cool shirts guys got to wear and those cool hairstyles, you know, women had and those big poofy bang thing that they, I don't know how women style their hair that way, but, you know, the classic, you know, polka dot skirt and, you know, that rockabilly look, there's just something fun about it. And, and I think a lot of adults who are a little more corporate, they never get to experience the fun of dressing up like rockabilly, you know, superstars. Sure. <laughs> I wear, the, I wear, I still, I mean, I used to in my 20s, I was like, you know, looked like I stepped out of like a movie set or something. I had an old car and I really, really got into it. Um, but people were always like, where are you going? Are you going, are you filming something? I'm like, no, I'm just going to, to a job where no one sees me because I was doing voiceover at the time still. Um, now that I've gotten older, I, I pepper a, a vintage jacket, you know, in here or there, like a brooch here or there. I'm trying not to you don't want to look like you remembered that time like i mean i feel like if i if i if i'm dressed in head to toe 50s people are like are you 75 and just look amazing anyway um so uh it's it's still but like we just came from viva las vegas where um we were both performing and um that used to be like prom for me i mean i would plan my outfit out like i would have like four days of like incredible but this time i <laughs> i bought a couple of pairs of jeans and like a cute a couple of cute little things but <laughs> It wasn't As you it. should, <laughs> you, you know, m music stars can never have too many uh, clothing in their closet. That's right. Stage stage wear is supposed to be. I, I my rule is always, you know, with the musicians and stuff, is you gotta look sharper than the people that paid money to come see you. <laughs> I, good point. I like yeah. that. If, if you if you get on stage in a t-shirt and some sweatpants. I think, why the fuck did these, or, sorry, why the heck did these people pay, you know, 40, 50, $100, whatever to come and see you play? Give them a show. It's a full yeah. package, you know? Yes. We're both clothes horses. Well, we, we definitely bond over, like, sometimes I'll just be looking, and I'm like, oh my God, look at this dress, or look at these shoes. And he's really the only man in my life that gets just, he's like, oh God, look at, look, <laughs> I just got this thing. <laughs> I just got these snip toe boots. Look at this. You know, we're always, uh, Little yeah, I used to, as a kid, I worked at a vintage clothing store. So, yeah, I, I love all that. Stuff. Oh, nice. Yeah. Nice. Well, see, do you have a good collection of cowboy boots? Yeah, you know, uh, and boots boots can be an expensive hobby. <laughs> not not cheap these days, but yes, absolutely. Nothing like oh, a good I mean, pair of boots. See, when a guy chooses rockabilly, you think, oh, it's just you're going to wear like all black and, you know, slick your hair back. But you got the boots, you got the belt buckles, you've got the vintage oh, yeah. Western shirts. I mean, you, Eddie, I'm sure you can spend just as much as gray if, if you guys hit like. Uh, oh, sure. A, a I mean, you, you, look at some of those, you look at some of those old pictures of like Elvis and, you know, Carl Perkins and those guys and, you know, Elvis will be wearing a. A purple lace shirt with a pink jacket and yellow pants. I mean, they they really went wild with the colors back then. So I mean, there's all kinds of. I actually, uh, when I used to go to the thrift stores all the time as a kid and look for vintage, I scored a lot of old men's stuff in the women's section because people just assumed. Oh, they didn't know where shirt. to put it. Yeah, this pink shirt must be for ladies, but you know, it's actually, it was made well, for the men. Well, you both seem like you know you have this love of vintage. And I was trying to figure out in the Princess Mike video when you're shooting in these interior locations, was that either of your 
guys' homes because it <laughs> seems like those were like a Hollywood set. I think one where everything was pink and yeah. everything looked like a 1950s kitchen. And who, where did you shoot that? There were these apartments in Los Angeles. These two genius girls. They turned out to be friends. I, I, we rented these two separate spaces, and the the ladies turned out to know each other. They're these genius girls who have rent rented these apartments in Los Angeles. They live in one bedroom, and then they just deck out the other rooms of the house, and they rent them for a couple hundred bucks an hour, and they're they're making money hand over fist. And it's so funny because the girl goes, "I go, oh, we we couldn't decide between you and this other one, so we're gonna do that one tomorrow." And she's like, "That's my friend." And I was like, you two are geniuses. Yeah, I mean, Brilliant. I, they're, they're paying their own rent and they're making a pretty good living off of just yeah. being pretty good interior designers. <laughs> and all they got to do to go to work is come out of the bedroom and answer the door. Yes, and make sure and that we don't destroy anything like we did at the our, there's a new video coming out in a few weeks called Toenail Soup where I was jumping up and down it and we were doing the video and I'm like yelling into the to the camera like the lyrics of the song and all of a sudden this vase just like falls off the shelf and so we caught it all on camera and so that's it ended up being the end of the video is when that shelf uh, when the shelf yeah. shatters <laughs> see all this time I, I well I'm watching the video thinking wow Gray keeps such an immaculate house for having three kids how does she do this <laughs> Oh, no, I really have a, a dine. I, like I, there used to be a place where like a little breakfast area that's now turned into a full on craft extravaganza. And I I just try to fit my coffee on the edge. I was like, oh, is this hoarders? Is this how it is? And I'm like making one little section of the table to set my coffee on. I think I need some kind of an intervention. Some kind of truck needs to pull up and they need to quarantine me off and go, Gray, we're just going to take this stuff and it's going to be OK. And I'm going to go, but we can still use those things. And they're like, it's going to be fine. Anyway, but the rest of the house, I try to keep it, you know, okay looking. Well, there you go. So you have to tell me, uh, in a nutshell, what does this mean to you, parent like no one is watching? <laughs> well, the joke is, I always say, you know, my grandma used to say dance like no one is watching, but I kind of do that. I mean, except for I, I just kind of like parent like no one's watching. And it's just about being a... a <laughs> just kind of phoning it in as a mom. I'm a good mom, but it is overwhelming having three kids by, you know, my, my, I sound like such a, I sound like such a, uh, uh, interesting lady, but my oldest son, his dad is like real plugged in and like, you know, he does a lot of, you know, helps out a lot. The other dad, really sweet guy, but he's in Nashville. So he doesn't really, um, get to, to hang out as much and help as much. So it's, 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 and it's hard. I mean, I'm, I have a full-time job doing the cartoons and then doing the music and stuff. And um, my, I, don't, I, I probably should set aside these projects and just full-time mom until they're 18, but I'm too selfish and I just want. Also, I feel like I need to set an example for them of of someone who does what they love. I don't want, I wouldn't want my uh, kids to set aside their dreams. Just I was going to say Tex, uh, your oldest Tex has kind of taken that by the horns. And I mean, he's like exhibiting art at the Louvre and, you know, yeah, her son is a heck of an artist. Yeah. Wow. He's yeah, he's what? 15 and he's like he really is he really is going to the Louvre in September and exhibiting. I'm sitting in his art studio. You can see some of it behind me. Do you see that like big giant painting behind me? That's Oh, fun. nice. Yeah. Anyway. He should so. be your your animator for your next video. That's the thing though. He's he's a stubborn artist like I am. He doesn't like to do commissions. People are going, "I'll give you like $3,000 if you'll paint this thing. And he's like, I don't, you can't tell me what to do, what colors to use or anything. If you want to 
get something, I'll make something, and then you see what you like. He does do portraits, but you can't tell him what, you can pretty much just send your picture in, and if he wants to draw a cat instead, he gets to do that. It's like in the, in the claws. He's, he's, yeah. That's kind of why I started my own label, because I was sick of, I didn't really want to do anything anybody else wanted me to do. And mm-hmm. I was on Sugar Hill for a short time, because Dolly Parton was on the label at the time, and I was like, oh my god, I love her, I'll sign with them. They must be cool. They were okay. I now, just, I just. Now, now, like- when I saw that on your bio, Sugar Hill, I'm sure there's more than one, but that was not like Sugar, Sugar Hill, Hill Records that the Sugar <laughs> Hill Gang was on in. No, no, this was like a bluegrass label out of North Carolina. Um, they had a, they had an LA office too. They were Vanguard and Sugar Hill were uh, the Welk group, like Lawrence Welk's kids um, had, and they were they were really they really did let me do. At one point, my record needed to be longer, so I just went out to East Texas and um and and recorded trains at night passing through this really cool there was a they just made this really great noise in this certain part of the valley there <laughs> so i just i uh recorded See, that you've crushed you this is crushing because i thought you had some secret credit in some <laughs> 80s rap band on sugar hill records oh, that would be amazing that would probably the my, last rap that i'm familiar with is that but yeah. my karaoke song is the humpty dance <laughs> the humpty about, dance that's as close who as did the who did Digital the Humpty Dance? I Digital remember that. They were from okay. Yeah. I oh my God! Thinking that that was his real nose. I was like very surprised when I was like, oh okay. He, oh he actually, God. you Gray would actually like him because on those albums he does like five or six different characters <laughs> and different voices, and he went as far as to write backstories for all of them and like oh, went full full on. Yeah. Full on Chris Gaines, huh? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Is there um, rockabilly rap? Is that a subgenre? I am sure somebody's tried to do that. Without I think the talking blues. The talking blues is the closest. <laughs> yeah. Come. But, but, uh, or what's that song? Didn't Elvis like uh, "Are You Lonesome Tonight"? He had that little spoken interlude. Yeah, that's right. That was kind of like early rockabilly rap. Okay, we have to wrap up soon. Oh, I, but, I have but, to just—I have to say the thing about it. I always say about that song is that I always make fun of him for going. Someone once said that all the world's a stage, and I was like, "You dumb dumb! That someone was Shakespeare, you dummy." Anyway, but <laughs> I don't know. Some some Elvis. Said, oh, Elvis. He got away with murder, didn't he? He, he was so charming. He 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 could do no wrong. Uh, all right, I've got a couple more questions before I do. Um, since you've got the roughhousers and your individual careers uh what is the best way for people to find you online first for you know the new music videos princess mike uh, azuker and your individual projects i would say maybe instagram the roughhousers is the best way otherwise we're gonna have to sit here and spell out my last name and people are gonna have to get a pen and paper <laughs> and write it down if you go to the any of the you know the roughhousers website or the roughhousers uh on Instagram, you know, everything is linked, you know, the videos and, and then our own personal pages and you can see the nonsense we get up to on our own and together. And, but everything kind of is connected through through there. That's probably the easiest Twitter way to as well. Twitter. That's um, right. I, we, I she she tweets. Well. I don't. I'm not a tweeter. Twi- <laughs> I don't. Twat. He's, he's, he's a. 
I, I, he's so brilliantly funny and, but he doesn't have like a ton of followers, but so he'll tweet something and then he'll go, I can't get a good read on this. And I'm like, let me, let me retweet it and see if it, if it's got legs. And so I do. And I, they always go, they always get a lot of response when I retweet them because he's just a secret gem right now. <laughs> I'm just, just funneling her all my best material. He's my Cyrano. <laughs> well, I got well, I've got one last question for each of you because I know Eddie's he's on a break and has to jump back into the studio in a minute. But for Eddie, uh, all-time favorite uh, Elvis song? Oh, um, that's tough. Um, you know what? I would have to say Milk Cow Blues, which is funny because that was actually Elvis's least favorite song. I like that. Okay, and for <laughs> Gray... Uh, in in your Daphne voice from Scooby Doo, I, I want you to get, give a plug for a zooker to all the children listening. Well, Jeepers, I do love candy, and so does Scooby and Shaggy, and uh, they love that song "Azucar" by the Roughhousers because it talks all about snacks. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, that's good! <laughs> wow. I, did, I didn't expect I'd get that tree today. Well, let me tell you, um, you've been listening to Gray Delisle and Eddie Clendening from the Roughhousers. The latest songs are Princess Mike and Azuker. Hey, I so appreciate you sharing this. Hope we get to meet up again in the future. And, Absolutely. you know, best, best of luck on the new material. Thank Kelly, thanks so much. much. It was great chatting with you. Yeah. All right, take care. Take Bye, care. see you, buddy.